This is Life Above 8. Welcome to another episode of Life Above 8. I am one of your hosts, Brad, and I'm joined, like always, with Mark. Hey, Mark. guys. How you doing? Uh, so, pr- pretty great day today um, in the Northwoods. They're always good. They're, they all are good up here. Um, start out today. Um, we set some traps last night. We talked about it last episode. Um, for muskrat beaver, I'm uh, gonna talk a little bit about that, but I kind of want to start talking about initially about how I thought you were dead this morning. <laughs> so, Mark is a pretty early riser generally. Um, when I'm up here, when yes, at home, not so much. So when you when you're at home, you sleep in. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm a lazy ass at home. I'm usually up by about five thirty, six o'clock up here. <laughs> That's because I'm usually so hungover I can't sleep anymore. Yeah. That's yeah. Well, I got up before the, the sun came up this morning, and I started making a lot of noise. And it wasn't even that early. Um, it was after six. It was six thirty. Um, started doing some stuff on the computer. Made coffee. Um, normally your door's closed, mm-hmm. so it was open. You didn't get up, and I started thinking. I'm like, oh, did he have a heart attack and die? And what was my initial reaction to that was to go to my cabin and start shoveling the deck. <laughs> And then start thinking in my head while I'm shoveling how I'm explaining to Liz, if you had a heart attack in your sleep, and I actually thought you were dead, why I went and shoveled and not checked on you? Yeah, you're so thoughtful. <laughs> I honestly, I was, I honestly thought I was like, what the hell is he not doing up? Oh, I think it's because well, I'm getting a little bit older, so I had to get up at four o'clock in the morning and um, use the restroom. So, and I. Got back in bed and I started laying there thinking of how much of a dumbass we were for setting traps in a goofy way, which we'll probably get into a little later. Yeah, we're going to talk about that, about how stupid we are. We we did some stupid stuff, but it was fun. (laughs) Yeah. I got back from uh, shoveling, walking back up the road, and looked, and I was like, God, I hope I see him there, and then didn't see any lights on yet, and... By the time I got back, it was probably about 8.30 by the time... Hey, the lights on, the uh, drapes all open, everything. Well, I, when I seen go. you, I was like, okay, you're alive. I don't got to explain to Liz that you died, and I went and shoveled yeah. uh, instead. I'm not that out of shape and old, so... <laughs> well, you last night before I went to bed, you talked about, like, carbon monoxide poisoning. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, my back hurts. And then I started like, oh, my God, do you have a heart attack in the sleep? <laughs> oh, so to put that carbon monoxide thing in a little bit of context here, I came up... Thursday night, and my furnace was acting up a little bit. It was just cycling weird. So I was Googling what was kind of going on, see if I could figure it out. And of course, a lot of times those articles jump to the worst possible scenarios and be careful for carbon monoxide poisoning. So all of a sudden, being up here by myself, I'm thinking, oh, do I go to sleep? Do I stay up? Do I sleep out in the truck? What do I do? And then Brad's wife, this last past summer, she was nice enough to replace my smoke detector with a smoke detector slash carbon monoxide tester, so I felt pretty safe. Well, because anyway, you remember when good to go. last couple of years your your furnace was short cycling quite yeah. a bit, and Cindy would be up here and was convinced that there was carbon monoxide, so she would actually pack a carbon monoxide detector in my uh, bag. Oh, really? She wouldn't tell me. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. Because she, she would try to like, just take this up there and be like, literally piss off. I'd get up here and it'd be sitting right there, and she'd oh, so like, she'd pack it in your bag and let you know. Oh yeah, it'd be the first thing I'd open. Yeah. Um, luckily, I mean, I guess 
I'd wear the same set of clothes for about three days straight up here, so I didn't really do the purpose. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't find it till about the last day I was up here when I actually had to change underwear. Kind of like the old joke where the wife packs your underwear or socks in your, by your gun case and mm-hmm. you're wondering why you should have packed any underwear. <laughs> exactly like that. So, this morning when all it is, I don't know, pretty good morning. Um, I would say temperature-wise, it was about 13 degrees, but yeah, no wind. A little chilly, but a little, nice. little chilly. We've been having this weird thing, and even back home, I don't know if you guys are back in Plymouth area, yep. uh, with that frosty fog where the trees yeah, are getting cold with it. It's, it's they call beautiful. They rime ice. I'm used to the hoarfrost, but the rime ice is different where you get the fog and it freezes to the trees. So all the trees around here look like they're flecked. Oh, they're absolutely those beautiful. those Christmas trees yeah. that are always flecked? Yeah. That's kind of what these trees look like now. And everywhere you go, it's just everything is so thick. It looks mm-hmm. like a painted picture. It's actually quite, quite interesting, quite neat. Well, we even going down the trapping trail to check traps, all of a sudden down the road, on one side of the road, there was some a weird fog and mist. That was a bit freaky. Yeah. yeah. Almost like a Friday the 13th movie in the middle of January. Well, because on the other side of the road, looking down the other way, it was perfectly clear. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. the other side just looked creepy, so who knows. But anyways, went to check the traps, and um, long story short, we didn't catch anything. No. Uh, but we did experience a... Saw a bunch of different tracks back there. Yeah, it's unbelievable how much, I guess, just activity there is back around the Beaver Lodges and stuff like mm. that, and the Beaver Dam. It's. It looks like there's been like a carnival there, almost with everything just packed down in the snow and just trampled, and like the carnies just picked up and moved after that. Yeah, I mean, that's how that, trampled it is. It's just, it's ridiculous back there. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen obviously deer tracks, bobcat tracks, a lot of bobcat yeah, tracks. Coyote. Coyote. Beaver. Beaver. Well, I think we talked a little bit about this last episode, but there's this, today we're paying a little bit more attention. We even think we saw like mink tracks back yeah. there, which we've never seen a mink here, but I'm not saying they're not around, but. Well, some weasel tracks we figure. I mean, there was a lot of everything to the point that it intrigued us so much. We put some video cameras or yeah. trail cameras and set those up with the video mode. So I got to get into this a little bit. Yes, the last episode, we were talking about how we set some 330s. And we went to check them. And one of my um, after pee thoughts this morning while I'm laying in bed at 4 a.m. was, Mark, you're a dumbass. We were so worried about setting the 330s legal because here in Wisconsin, um, when you set a 330, it has to be at least half submerged in water, which was fine. So we were trying to find part of the run where we saw all the tracks that was at least deep enough to submerge the 330 halfway underwater. So we, we got a spot and we're thinking, yeah, great, we're, we're good to go. So we sat it and there this morning laying in bed thinking, oh, you stupid ass. 12 degrees outside, that thing's going to be froze solid. Even if something would swim through there, it'll never fire because it's going to be froze solid. So. We just weren't thinking. So while we were perfectly legal, we just weren't very smart. <laughs> legal, but not efficient and not actually hunting. Yeah, so needless to say, we ended up moving that trap to a different location this morning. Well, hope for better luck tomorrow morning. Yeah. But out of our we, three muskrat sets we had, nothing. Yeah, I'm really surprised by that. With I thought, all the activity yeah. back there, I figured we'd have a couple rats back there. Found uh, real weird to Marshall. I mean, I didn't... You're a little smarter than I am on this, uh, as far as common sense. You'll go for a spot for like five inches of ice, and then you take that spot bar, and when those active runs are, 
where the, right down to, to nothing. I mean, yeah, the beavers and, and muskrats or whatever are underneath that ice where they're moving through there. That ice just does not set. No, it doesn't. It's literally snow on top of water. Well, but the scary thing about it is, too, it's not like five inches of, of, of water. You're no, talking you're some of those. Three, four feet deep. Yeah, you're not going to drown. But the deepest parts of the pond there, I mean, last year when we were kind of exploring, I don't think the spud bar didn't touch the bottom, did it? No, we, we had poles that were eight feet deep, and we had to actually stick them underwater. So we, we know parts of that pond were at least eight feet deep. So yeah, definitely. Our heads. Definitely deep enough to drown. I know we're kind of tall, but not quite that tall. No. No, absolutely not. So and plus with the soft bottom and a lot of that stuff too, it probably sink down another couple of feet. But it's not not areas you'd want to fall through. No. So it'll be interesting to see what the what the traps bring tomorrow. But it, hopeful tomorrow we'll get a couple of rats, rats, maybe a beaver. Yeah, we even said a cable restraint for bench of coyote. Yeah, coyote. A lot of lot of rabbit tracks out there. I just saying a lot of mouse tracks. I think those predators are in there because there's a lot of food back there. Oh yeah, with all the marsh grasses and everything like that, there's got to be predators back there. Right. Well, I'm sorry, bait for predators oh, yeah. back there. Absolutely. Yeah, so we did that and uh, kind of further up. Oh, we hung up some trail cams back there too. So hopefully, maybe we'll at least if even mm -hmm. if we don't catch anything, maybe we'll kind of see what's through there and we'll share a lot that of activity. Maybe share some pictures if we get something back there. And that's ceramic rat or two. What's so in a good year, like in your mind, what do you think? How many rats would be would you consider oh, successful? Uh, I've got a cousin who traps, and he only trapped for a couple of weeks back home, and he quit after like fifty some. Oh, uh, but he was trapped in farm ditches and stuff like that, where there was known rat sure. infestations, and people were asking him to come trap them. Up here, um, I would say, if we, I mean, if we really wanted to go after him, we could probably get. In your area alone, I would say we probably pull a dozen out of there without any problem. And to be clear, um, rats, obviously I don't, not that sir, but I want total eradication of the beavers. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there, I don't want any beavers back there. It's, But it has been fun the last couple of years of how they dammed everything up and really changed the, the whole landscape. And we, we talked about that a little bit. But in the wintertime, when everything froze over, it really turned into a, a wildlife wonderland. It's unbelievable. I, I'm just in awe. I mean, I took pictures of it and thought about posting them on our website or Instagram, but the pictures just don't do it justice. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, we did that for a little while. And then um, after that, we decided, you know what, let's go do some ice fishing. Yeah, that was... Uh... So we went out for the first time this year ice fishing. Yep, went out had uh so i'm just gonna talk about this the, the price of minerals in the last couple of years has been um i don't want to say yeah i want to say outrageous and no, it was outrageous. It, it, it's been outrageous and we're gonna pay that price regardless but it, going out i mean i remember paying 20 dollars went by two dozen minnows i yeah, mean it was like 22 23 bucks for two dozen minnows like we, a year or so ago. yeah we talked about this uh earlier in the ice day when uh when I was a kid in high school, I remember like two or three dollars would buy you like a dozen minnows. Um, and then last couple of years we've gone for ice fishing weekends. It's been twenty some dollars for two dozen minnows, and we're not talking big suckers. We're talking little like Milwaukee shiners. Yeah, but back in your day, I mean, the dinosaurs ate a lot of those minnows pretty quickly, so you needed a lot. So I don't even know how to respond to that, considering you are <laughs> literally fifty years older than me. Oh, bro. Literally fifty years older. Yeah. But uh, so where I'm going with this is, um, I'm just gonna be honest with the the local bait guy is what I would call 
uh, a bait Nazi. Traditionally. Oh, the grumpy guy? We're going into this. Grumpy guy. The grumpy guy. You go in there, and you'd have to wait. There'd be no one else in there. You have to wait there, wait for him to come from his house was attached to the yeah. to the, the bait shop and kind of and, and he looked no fire lit under that guy's ass. No, he looked annoyed that you were gonna give him some money. I mean, like here you go, here I gotta get out of the coach. Yeah, really here? Yeah, interrupting my show. Yep. And then he would kind of question you. I I would say interrogate you on where you're fishing. Yeah, and you they, can tell we're lo- not locals. Not locals. Yeah. And you you know we'd be kind of honest because we're nice guys and. And then he would quickly answer back with, they're not catching anything out there. You could tell he was trying to keep the not locals out of the, I don't know, I guess he, he wasn't really willing to share information. No. Good information. No, I, I feel like he was being deceptive, actually. I like, think so, too. I mean, a lot of bait shops, that's their bread and butter. They're going to kind of tell you where the fish are biting. So more fish, bait more bait, they come yeah. back, yeah. This not guy, this, this guy. He just wanted to, you know. And then that one year, Snuff's ice auger broke, so we're looking at ice auger. Holy shit, he wanted to rape you for an ice auger. Oh. It was like over 500 bucks for an ice auger. Absolutely. Well, I remember one year, we went back for minnows the second time, so he must remember that we're not locals. And we went through our baits, and then he wanted to question me on where I was fishing. Like, he would, then he was, yeah, then he was like, interested. where are you fishing? It's like, really? We asked you where they're biting. You don't give us anything. I remember one, the first year we were up there, I asked him where, we're, where they're biting. And he literally told me, he goes, in the water. <laughs> he just want to, like, I need a spud bar. I'll fucking throw it right in your neck right now. What a dink. And then he charged you $22 for two dozen, you know, medium-sized shiners. So where I'm going with this, so. Uh, yeah, where are you going with this? <laughs> I, I don't know where I was going with this. But we went out to the, the well, I'll just say the, the St. Croix uh, rod shop. And got bait from there today. They charged uh, by the scoop. And I'm so used to buying the dozen because I'm so set in that. Well, I, I actually asked them for a dozen medium shiners. We got way more than that. Yeah, I think we had about 30 minnows in that bucket. And maybe this is just us being old right now, but for $8.50. That was with a with, um, with some waxies. waxies, too. With some waxies. Yeah. Just floored by that. Yep, so less than 10 bucks. We were set for the day, and I think we used... Half dozen minnows. And the guy was perfectly nice and even helpful. He's like, hey, can I help you guys anything? With just, a smile on his face. A little bit floored by that. <laughs> you asked the follow-up question about fisheries. You didn't get your head bit off. It was it was a very pleasant know, experience. To be fair, it sounds like uh, we deal with crotchety people up here. That The bait Nazi it's is an exception to the bait Nazi yes. of living. Because uh, for the most part, people up here are super nice. Oh, it's overwhelmingly. They'll go out of their way to help you out. So unless you're a bait Nazi or in the trades, like a a HVAC guy or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get into that sometime. Um, People will bend over backwards to help you. So I want to be clear about that. Well, I would say bait Nazis are not really relegated just to the Northwoods. Can we say Nazis nowadays? Uh, We're probably going to get censored for that. I don't know where uh, quality control is for... We can edit that out. I think we can. I think we still say that. All right. We'll let it go this time. But I mean, I crotchety old people are, you want to call them knots? I, I don't think that's just a Price County thing. I think they're, I think they're south of Highway 8 as well. Yeah. But the guy just kind of turned up to a joke. And guess what? He's no longer open. Either. Yeah, he's not. So I don't know if he either died or just retired or if his great personality finally put him out of business. Who knows? Yeah, I mean it's it is what it is, but 
and also where I'm going with this, it's that ends up being the most uh, most luck we had today when it came to fishing. Um, pretty slow day. Yeah, actually, at the bait shop, the guy dropped two minnows on the floor, and I picked them up and threw them in the bucket, and those were the only two fish I caught. <laughs> yeah, no, pretty slow day. Um, we we have a spot that we generally go up here, and we've done very good for uh, walleye, um, and actually any yeah, perch, yeah, northern, yeah. and everything. Um, so I'm, we're going to talk about this a little bit for ice. I just am not comfortable taking a truck on the ice with, any yeah. any amount of ice. If I know there's 15, 18 inches and I'm yeah, following a beaten path, like a, a fishing club road, mm -hmm. I'm okay with that because I know people are driving over it yeah. all the time and it's good. But I mean, it's, you still get a little uneasy, don't get me wrong, but I feel more comfortable. Even uh, walking around your swamp, I would not walk in an unmarked territory without either a spud bar. For following your path after you walk through there like a dumbass, but um, until I know it's safe, because you just never know. Because as we witnessed, you walk along fine, and all of a sudden there's just nothing. Under nothing. The snow. Yeah, that's and I guess that and it, it limits you though. We didn't have the snowmobiles out today. We didn't have the four wheeler out today. You're dragging a big otter sled with a uh, um, shack and tip ups and all that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not walking. A mile to go get to where we need to fish so no, we're limited we, on where we're gonna walk we maybe walked a quarter mile yeah and dragged it but so long story short there was roughly 11 inches of ice yeah it was solid ice it was good ice yeah very good no uh, slush with maybe what four inches of snow on top yeah so it, it wasn't it was decent i felt more than comfortable walking out there snowmobile four-wheeler would have been great there was people driving full-size trucks out there. Mm -hmm. And our neighbors... Oh, we're unquote, talk, yeah, we need to talk about that right uh, now. They were maybe, what, 150 yards away from us? Oh, yeah. yards, something like that. So let's let's start right from the beginning on that. We need to go into this a little bit. You ran into the boat landing. You said they had a 30-pack of... Oh, so, yeah, so we went to a new boat landing. And I thought there was a parking spot at the end of the road. There wasn't. They were kind of parked along the road, but we just saw some guy pulling his truck off the ice with a trailer and a snowmobile behind it. So we drove down on the ice, and Brad said, let's just park here by shore so it's, we're up close to shore and we'll walk from here because there's no parking spot. Well, then I saw the guy up on the shore there unloading the snowmobile, and I went up to talk to him. I asked him you know, if he knew how much ice was out there and mm -hmm. all that stuff. And he was a local regular, so he said, yeah, there's about 11 in, 10, 11 inches of ice out there, and there's really good ice. My buddies have been driving full-size trucks out there. He says, I'm just not ready for that, because he had a diesel, and yeah. it was a little bit heavier. Says, I'm not willing to risk it yet, so he was just taking a snowmobile out there. So I'm thinking, you know what? He's out here. He seemed, he was a younger kid, but he, if he's not willing to risk it, I don't know if I want to be parking Being young on the and dumb, he's, he's making a good decision, yeah. Yeah, so if, if a young guy like that can make a good decision, maybe I should get my truck off the ice. So we unloaded the truck, and I went and parked it up in front of him alongside the road there, which was probably a smart decision. At the end of the day, we came back, and there had to be about another oh, yeah. eight-ton cars yep, there. Absolutely. All parked there, too. But uh, while I was parking the truck, there was another, like a Jeep or something. Yeah, I guess you'd call a little it SUV little SUV and guys were congregating into that one and parking the other cars there and they had 
think all their equipment, they're loading it up in there and um, <laughs> a 30 pack of bush light and a 30 pack of beast light. I think these guys got to be pretty cool. So, um, but anyways, where we're going with this is they loaded everything up in this little SUV Jeep and they went tearing out the ice. And there was a permanent check. Yeah, big there, one. There were several permanent checks yeah. out on the ice already. Um, but they went to one which ended up to be about 100, 150 yards away from where we ended up setting up. And they parked it there. And then uh, it must have been locals because there's people coming out joining them. There's two, uh, what do you call them, side-by-sides or whatever. UTVs. Or UTVs. One with tracks on it. and yeah. yeah. So there's a Jeep, two UTVs. And then as the day progressed, another um, SUV came out there. And then a full-size truck came out and parked there. And then there was a couple snowmobiles yep. out there. And then another plus, car, yeah. Plus the permanent check. And looked like a parking a, lot. It looked like a parking lot. And there's 11 inches of ice out there. And we're thinking, and they all parked right next to each other, too. I'm thinking, well, if I'm going to trust this, I'm going to be parking, separating these yeah. vehicles. So not all Spread those, them out. Yeah, so it's not all congregated in one little 20-yard area. Mm-hmm. But no, they parked them all together there. It was well, fine. You were so concerned about it that you actually took a picture. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to take a before and after. Before and after. I got the before picture, but there was never an after picture. They didn't go through, which I am really surprised because it's an 11 inch of ice. I don't think it, it's borderline, but, and then borderline to just drive a full size truck over. There. Yeah. But then to park everything together like that, there's a lot of weight in that one area. A ton of weight, and that was the only spot in the entire lake that you seen that much congregation of that much weight. We did see a couple other vehicles, but they were smaller or they were close to shore. These guys were out in the middle of the lake. Yeah, probably guessing 20, 25 feet of water. Yeah, but I'm guessing they had done it before because nobody was even hesitant about. They just booked right out there. So, nineteen-year-old Marta. Do you drive out there? Because I'm telling you right now, a 19-year-old Brad goes out there. We used to do that kind of crap all the time. Probably, but the kid I talked to on the road was probably 19, 20 years old. Yeah, but he just made better decisions than yeah. we did back then. I True. mean, for you, that was 70 years ago. Lots changed since then. I don't know. Yeah, maybe with Mom and Dad's truck, yeah, I might have. <laughs> with my own now that I pay for it, not so sure. Good point. Sorry, Mom and Dad, if you're listening. <laughs> Oh, I remember taking my dad's escort out on Big Green all the time. Uh, and it was real light. He had a, a, a station wagon escort. God, I forgot. It was really ugly, too. It was blue. Um, but in high school, we used to take that out constantly. Um, it was light. And as long as they had the plowed trails that like you talked about, the established trails, it went, got along just fine. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I slept in it a few times. When I, and, you know, maybe it was different where, where you grew up, but where I grew up, um, ice fishing was, that's where the parties were. I mean, and maybe it was just a redneck thing or maybe it was just an outdoors thing, but we ta- told you a little bit about earlier is that we'd have permanent shacks and that's where we'd have parties because the cops never came out in the middle of the ice to look for underage drinkers. Yeah, we never got into ice fishing that much. I mean, I went out a few times with my dad and, um, as he got older, kind of adult on my own, my brother Snuff and I, and we'd meet up with friends and once or twice a year but that was about the extent of it never really got into it seriously i love doing it mm-hmm. um but the most serious i ever get about ice fishing is probably the upcoming guys ice fishing yeah. weekend when i tell my wife about this and i i'll just admit it it's not not someone as an adult i'm maybe not proud of but me and uh, my cousin todd 
would go ice fishing the night before. We'd after school, we'd go set pickups out, and we'd cut the flags off right before dark, and then we would. Oh, you vulture! Let them sit overnight, and before school, we'd go and check them. Um, if we got fish, I mean, and we we caught some fish doing that. Part of me is like, yeah, it's that pretty dirty, but part of me is like, well. At 16 years old, that takes a lot of effort to go out there and actually do that. It wasn't like we were 10 feet offshore. We'd go all the way out there. And I don't remember being overly successful at it, but it was. I'm guessing the statute of limitations have expired on that. I'm now. sure hoping so. <laughs> As you said, the dinosaurs seems were around like, when I was that seems young. Like so. 83 years old now. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, you know, ice fishing has been a big part of my life. I mean, since I was. A kid, even my dad used to take me out. And we've gone out ice fishing a few times as when I was younger with my dad. My dad used to sturgeon spear, went out a couple times with him doing that, just to, you know, not for long, right? Um, I have never done that as an adult. I would like to try it sometime, but some people say if you want to know what sturgeon spearing is like, go, um, your brother Snuff says the, that all the back, time, lock yourself in the bathroom, turn the lights off, and stare down the toilet. For eight hours, mm-hmm. and you'll know what ice or sturgeon spearing's like. I think it'd be pretty cool to try it though once. I'd try anything once. My, I remember my dad uh, took us out to Lake Puckaway. There's sturgeon up here, like in Butternut. Butternut's got Lambeau, sturgeon, yeah. but there's no sturgeon spearing up here. Though, no, there? no, there's just hook and line seasons that you can get a tag for or something. I like. think the the whole Fox River system there is pretty unique as far as the amount of sturgeon and that that's they can the only actually, spearing location. Yeah, I'm. Fairly certain that's pretty unique. I've never never done that. Yeah, I um, neither. I remember my dad took us out on Puckaway one time. Maybe it was just me and I think we had a buddy. And you know, you met Phil a bunch of times. He's a pretty mild guy. And there must have been a drunk guy drove over his Beaver Dam tip up. And I think if my dad could have caught that guy, and this is the reason I remember it. I mean, when you're a little kid and you've seen your dad just get super angry and was not drinking out there, he was being a good dad and. Well, beaver guy, dam tip-ups are like what 120 bucks a piece. <laughs> well, back then they were. I don't know how expensive they were, but yeah, like he dragged the guy dragged the tip across the ice, and if my dad could have caught him, and I remember my dad like running towards him, just f this and shaking a fist and just being outraged and I'd, being kind of surprised that my dad was that pissed that he had that kind of set of balls on him. But I always wanted, like, kind of wish you would have caught that guy to see what would have happened if there would have actually been a fist fight. I would probably got out, stood about seven feet tall, patted him on the head, and said, "Go away, little man." <laughs> you know, Phil's like five foot three. He was so full of rage, and it, we had him getting the, the the tip up wasn't shattered or, but uh, that that was one of my first memories of ice fishing. I, I, I don't know how old I was even at the time. I don't know, maybe eight nine years old. Um, but yeah, that was we used to we spent a lot of time ice fishing. Um, I remember my Uncle Matt built Sorry, a... Bill, not picking on you. <laughs> well, he's got to listen to the podcast yeah. first. I remember my Uncle Matt uh, had a, a permanent shack with uh, bunk beds in it. And it, that was such a unique experience to me, being a little kid, being like, you're going to actually spend the night out here. And they would... I've never just, done that. Yeah, they would sleep out there, and I think they, they would go... Did they fish at night, too, or just... Yeah. No, they, I'm, I'm sure it was... I'm sure it was more they than... They got the flags up there, or... <laughs> No, I, I think they actually fished, and that was when they had the lithium, you know, or mercury. It wasn't even lithium, the mercury lights. You remember that, where the flags would go up and the mercury would switch and it would light up the light, the little tip of lights? No, I don't remember. Those were the it's first tip of lights, yeah. And I think they, I'm assuming they got rid of them because the thought of mercury going in the water is probably not good. Uh, but yeah, they used <laughs> to go out there. Yeah, they used to go out there and fish overnight. 
I don't recall those. But yeah, so anyway, it was a good day to get out. It was fun. Nice day, no wind. Little chilly, so we had the um, ice shack out there and little buddy heater. Except that we went in there for a little bit just to warm up, but other than that, we spent most of the day out, outdoors. Yeah. yeah. So then we decided to kind of wrap it up, maybe three three thirty ish, something like that. Yeah, we were back here by three thirty. Yeah, we weren't getting any flags, so uh, came back here and uh, my son, my oldest son Chris, had given me a sled for Christmas. Well, just go. Hold on, hold on. You're not doing that justice. When you say sled, because in my mind, when you say sled, I grew up with plastic sleds. No, I'm talking ice sled, a regular sled. I think we talked a little bit about this on the last episode. Did we? We're going to do this. Uh, metal runner sled. Yep. I refurbished it, put all new wood and everything on, repainted it, and we took it for uh, its maiden voyage down the road today. Yeah. So. Uh, didn't quite work as good as I thought it would, but uh, it was still pretty cool. We we were fighting at uh, nighttime, so wanted to get a little bit of video before it got dark, so we rushed it a little bit. We were going to tie a rope or whatever to the four-wheeler and kind of slingshot the person down the road. Didn't have time to do that. <laughs> came so. up with a better idea. Yeah, we came up with a better idea. We just pushed him with the snowplow in front of the four-wheeler. <laughs> uh, got him going. And took a little bit of video. It's out on our Instagram account if you want to see it. Probably put yep. it out on our uh, website too in a couple of days when I get home. But the but that it, would steer a little was, bit better. These metal sleds are supposed to steer, right? Or is that just uh, something they said to make you give you the illusion you could steer these things? Because I felt like the more I steered, so the, the thing obviously it, it went right. So when but I that tried was the this, slope of the road, but when I steered the other way. It felt like it went more aggressive to the right. Like the more uh, I steered, so maybe it's counterintuitive. You got to go the other way or something. I thought about that, but I also thought that I would go in the ditch and then somehow <laughs> explode. So, so yeah, but it, it worked pretty good. Um, got to work out a few little kinks and figure out how to get going because we ended up dragging one foot or the other to steer, mm -hmm. which obviously lost our speed and stuff like that. Sent the um, video to my wife, who's down in Florida for work right now, and the lady she's working with. Uh, to show her the video, and Vicky's like, they're a couple two-year-old kids, aren't they? <laughs> and was like, yup. <laughs> she described it as pretty good. But it was fun, and what was I, I going to say about that? Um, I can't remember now. Shit. Sucking old. I know, there goes the memory. Huh? For a guy your age, though, I mean, you've still got, you know, a lot of your faculties still, I mean. But we're going to fine-tune this. We're going to get it going. I thought we'd go a lot further because, I mean, it's not a in, huge In hill. my mind, okay, so in my mind, I thought when we did this, we have a hill and then another hill. Uh, I, I thought that we would go at least two miles. Like, literally, in my mind, I was like, okay, we need that four-wheeler because you're going to go so far, you don't even want to walk that distance back. Right. So... The road is pretty icy, but it's kind of snow ice. It's not glare yeah. ice. I think if it was glare ice, we'd go a hell of a lot further. But that's it's perfect for that sled, though. Yeah, I remember where I was going to go with this, though, because after Liz showed uh, Vicky the video, um, Liz kind of hollered at me and said we should be wearing helmets. I'm like, seriously? We're, we're on a sled. When was the last time you wore a helmet on a sled? 
And her response is, well, you could hit a tree or a rock. I'm like, no, we're safe. We're playing in the middle of the road. That's right. <laughs> I got her on that one. And the logic from my wife, she says, oh, I guess you got me there. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like we could fine-tune that. Um, if we had, like, a ski rope with the, the four-wheel. That would be a cool idea, like, with a 30-foot rope or something like that where you could really slingshot. Yeah. You could go whipping down because, so to put this in perspective here, in front of my cabin starts the first hill. Mm-hmm. And about halfway down that hill is your first driveway. Yep. So we could get going. By the time the four-wheeler hit your driveway, you'd be slingshot, and you could pull in your driveway to slingshot and whip that person past. And I would say probably, what do you think, 25, 30 miles an hour? Yeah. Probably. I mean, I don't think. Assuming you're in the middle of the road, so because you hit the ditch going that fast in the deep snow. Probably go for a ride. <laughs> You're gonna hurt something. I mean, yeah. um, Liz, you didn't hear that. But, so we only got a couple runs each. Um, I think our social media director put those out on our Instagram account. They're too, they're out there. Be, I'm a little annoyed because when I'm laying on it, I look like a beach whale. First of all, but you can clearly see my butt cracks. My uh, yeah, you had a wedgie. I had a wedgie going on. Um, but it was still a good time. I mean, you get going there a little bit. I just wish you could steer a little bit better. I wish we would have had more time. We could have fine-tuned it and worked out some of the kinks, but we each only got one run before yeah. it got dark. So we'll have to work on that throughout the winter here. Oh. Yeah, so that was good. Seems like something you can fine-tune or work on even uh, uh, ice fishing weekend. We're going to have a little bit of time up here. So This is true. I was kind of hoping that the cabin we're renting would have a big hill by it because we could take it out and run down to the lake. But That's true. Um, it doesn't. Looks like a decent place, but it's pretty flat. Yeah, it looks like it's got a pretty good view of the lake, so I'm hoping there's some good fishing, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. But, yeah, that was pretty much our outdoor day today. Came Um, home, had a little happy hour. Yeah, so just uh, before we wrap things up for supper tonight, we had a backstrap on the grill. Oh, venison backstrap. Delish. We uh, did some garlic uh, mushrooms. A big old baked potato and some buns and awesome. Again, it's the outdoor experiences. Yeah. You can't beat harvesting your own supper. So. And for a nightcap tonight for drinks, we had white Russian, made with homemade, homemade Kahlua. Okay, homemade Kahlua. So. I haven't figured out how to make my homemade vodka yet. At least clean enough. Not, haven't been able to make any vodka better than uh, Costco's yet. So. That's. And no, we're not sponsored by Costco. I just like Costco vodka. You have. Uh, kind of dabbled in the the moonshine Um, i've dabbled in the hand sanitizer business moonshine's illegal well more carburetor cleaner which is not illegal (laughs) you just happen to drink carburetor cleaner so but nope it it was a good supper good happy hour Absolutely. Uh, we have upcoming events we have uh ice fish weekend it's coming up in two weekends. Two weekends. I'm actually a little bit shy of that because it's a long week. It's a long weekend. We come up Wednesday night usually, fish Thursday, Friday, Saturday, cold Sunday. So about a week and a half away. I anticipate uh, some uh, some more material for the websites, for the podcasts, for Instagram and all that stuff coming mm-hmm. up. So we probably have some guest hosts on there too. I think so. Some um, brothers. Absolutely. Might meet my brothers. We got definitely got to meet the brothers. Yeah. Everyone needs to meet the brothers. <laughs> I want some characters. 
I, what I really want more than anything else is actually to talk about Scott and the backflip incident because I cannot, still to this day, mm-hmm. I cannot get my mind around how an old codger like that actually thought he could do a backflip off the rail. So confident, like yeah. he did it all the time. And I remember looking at you and like, does he do backflips all the time? You're like, never has he done a backflip. He crawled right up there. He was going to do a backflip. He wanted to talk him out of that. Yeah. So we told him to jump it in. He still messed himself yeah. up. So that that that's obviously a story. We'll for... have to allow him to tell that story. Oh, uh, still, I just I can't get over that. So we'll let him narrate, and we'll have to probably pipe in with the truth of what actually happened, because I'm sure he'll embellish it a little bit. Okay, I, like I, but was... I got to ask: if we would not have stopped him, would he have attempted a backflip? Do you think? I think he was drunk enough that he had to do it. Yeah, I think he seemed right, he seemed a little bit overly confident. That's not even the right word. I mean, Ar- arrogant, not even confident. Over, so he was just like, I do this. First of all, it was, what, 10 degrees outside, and the guy went out there in his pajama pants and slippers and climbed right up on top of the railing <laughs> without even thinking about it. So, never. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind but he was. He crawled up on that railing like he was a cat. I, like he jumped railing, right, right up there. They did a hell of a job building that railing if it held it. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, that that is something that definitely, uh, we're probably going to call that episode the, the backflip. So. <laughs> What is this episode called? Uh, I don't know what you call it. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, first leg. I, I was going to say slingshot. Oh, slingshot or first leg. All, All right. right. We'll have to let our social media director figure that one out. Yeah. We'll figure something out. But our, so, our job is the content, not the title yeah. save. Yeah, quality control there. There you go. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, well until ne- have a good night and till next time, right? Yep. Happy trails, everyone. All right. Enjoy your life above eight. <laughs>